1: March 12, 2020, Mike Abadir. What world are we living in right now? I mean, it, it, what's going on in the last 24 hours or so, it almost feels like we're in a movie. It, it's kind of surreal. Doesn't really feel real with the, all the coronavirus stuff going on? I know that I'm going to be 33 years old in, uh, in about a week, and this is unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I think
2: the only thing comparable is probably you know, what was happening during world war two.
1: I mean, this is,
2: I I mean, that's probably the most comparable, right? And and no matter
1: where you stand on what, what's going on here, if you like, I I, give you an example. Somebody told me today, um, in a response to me saying that, uh, I was surprised that horse racing was still running while the other sports did. Somebody told me that I should shrink wrap my head in a bag. Which is always nice to hear from someone uh, on social media, but just kind of <laughs> gives you, which kind of gives you an idea of like, th- there are some people out there who are thinking this is like a complete hoax, uh, and then there are other people who I think are a little. Uh, to me, I feel like you got to kind of be somewhere in the middle because what's happening right now is serious. It, excuse my language, it's some serious shit. You know what I mean? Like this is not. We're not gonna have. The NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the, the NCAA men's and women's tournament, all college sports, all of that, you know, travel in and out of like fr- back and forth from Europe to the United States. Like that, that's not all grounded and and suspended and canceled for no reason. <laughs> this is at least something. And it is it is insane to me like it. Well, let's I, let's go over the risk
2: sport by sport. Because I at the at, at the top of the list to me it's basketball, right? Oh yeah,
1: you're we not wearing it. a lot we of
2: clothes. It. You know, there's and yes, and we did see, we've seen it already in action. You're not wearing a lot of clothes, right? You have a tank top and shorts, uh, a lot of lot of uh, you know open flesh, if you will, uh, in terms of uniform relative to like let's say football, right? Um, there's a lot of contact on the court, and uh, you know it's a smaller team, smaller locker room. There's there's because of the flow of basketball. Typically, there's a lot of hugging and high fiving, and you know, there's you know, there's a lot of back and forth in a basketball game and excitement, and you know, you guard guys really, really closely. There's a lot of sweat involved, so on and so forth. So, I would think just from a you know, you're too close to somebody that could be infected perspective, basketball is at one end of the spectrum. I'd say probably baseball is at the other end.
1: Yeah, you that's know? probably true. There's well, there's just not like as much direct contact.
2: No, at all,
1: at all in baseball. And then the
2: games are outdoors when you start looking at it from sure. the public's perspective. Right. They're outdoors. And, you know, um, I would say and I'm not a scientist, but I would imagine that indoors in, or, you know, in an arena sneezes and things More like, like an I mean, incubator they just, almost. Yeah. They, I mean, they, there's nowhere for them to go. Right. So, you know, I guess where I'm going with this is I, I have to wonder if this is just an initial reaction of everybody, and then let's just wait and see what we should do in a couple of weeks. And the reason I say that is because MLB is postponed for two weeks, right? I think they've actually given a timetable, whereas some others are indefinitely and some others are just canceled outright.
1: Well, you know, like the difference between um, like the NBA, for example, and the baseball, like we, we've already got people now in the NBA who we know are have tested positive to this and have already spread it amongst one team, so that's why the NBA is a little different because. And here I interject, to- by the way? Because to me, I think that Rudy Gobert
2: is an absolute moron. That was pretty crazy, right? Um, I, and you, you know me, I don't ever come down hard on. It, it was, very rarely do I come down hard on a player. Kind of Eye opening. To silly me, it, it seemed like he mocked it. No, he, he mocked did. the virus straight
1: up. Like he did. And it's I, like I, a and karma thing. And and that's what I like. With the, some of the people that are responding to me like. Gino, you're going crazy, or I can't believe we're all stupid. This is idiot. It's like, you know, I just don't understand like what that, like, where that stance gets you. What, so you're just gonna like, if you're gonna say uh, I was wrong, like I, like, I just don't get like what you get by saying like everybody's crazy right now because. You're the one that if something bad happens and it ends up happening to you, you're going to be the one that was right. It's just like, why do you have to be right in saying that we maybe are, are going a little overboard here? I'd rather be cautious with something like this than see what's happened in Italy. And I mean, reading and, and like seeing emo- like what's happened from just like regular Italian citizens and they talk about it. And they've been like posting on social media and stuff. This is not about to stop. There's a lot of smart people, Mike. That we trust, and these are massive, massive money-making companies, industries that just shut down. This is like dead serious. Like this is this is really, really bad. I mean, we saw yesterday it automatically went from Gobert to Moutier. um, The NBA canceled immediately, and now. You know, I wonder because, like, horse racing is still going, and they've still said that they're going to continue to race with just nobody in the stands. Um, Oaklawn Park, in fact, has not even canceled their Rebel, which is a huge day. You have to imagine there's going to be, 20,000 people or so there that would be, be planning on going to Oaklawn. In California last night, the governor sent out a statement that basically canceled any event that's got more than 250 people there. <laughs> you know, like, we're in a... Like a really weird Andromeda. Strain. Is it down? Is it
2: down to two fifty in Cali? Because I thought it was a thousand in Cali, two fifty in Washington. 250 so they matched as of the 250. last night.
1: Like by mid, as of like midnight last night, it was two fifty. So they've canceled concerts. They've canceled any like conferences, any gatherings, and that was when. So two fifty. Uh,
2: see, under a thousand, you're at least good in terms of church. Yep, you know, but two fifty.
1: that's when the that schools- means you can't even hold like a big Catholic mass. No, that's what they said. Kentucky. I, I think some places they've canceled church. The schools in most places now are canceled for a while. Like I've seen schools that are shut down till April at the very least. I've seen some on the East Coast that said through April. You okay, know. so here's the deal. This is all,
2: and I understand those folks that are out there that are saying everybody's going crazy. That what they're really saying is. This is overblown. This reaction is way, way disproportionate to what's happened. And what's happened so far is that we've got under fifteen hundred that are infected in the whole nation. Relatively speaking, that's nothing. We have, uh, you know, under fifty people that have died. Relatively speaking, that's nothing. I mean, you probably have more stab wounds in in East L.A. You know, in the course of a week than than the corona does. You probably have more uh, car accident victims you know, and in the South in one week, then Corona victims. But I think it's what they're scared could happen. Well, because there's all no the potential, right? Because yep. there's no vaccine. Yep. And there's so, not very
1: many tests. And, and there's not many and, tests. And we don't know really when we get it. You can have it for a while before you even realize that you've had it. Like the symptoms, you don't just immediately get sick. You know, like. But here's my take on that, though, Gino. Just Let's just say the test,
2: the tests were abundant. It still requires somebody to be like, you know what? I I think this is more than a cold. I better go in. I'm not so sure that people are that great at self policing, anyways. No,
1: and the only way reason why they would happen is now. Like the only reason it would happen is once people are so scared that if, like, if anybody gets sick right now, you're probably gonna think it's that, right? Like, if you get sick at all in any way, shape, or form, like that happened last night with Fred Hoiberg, the guy. I don't know if you saw. He was coaching in, in the middle of a game. And he was like, yeah, he had his head down. And, and I mean, he looked awful. And then everybody just kind of assumed that he had uh, coronavirus. And in fact, it, it wasn't coronavirus. So I think, you know, most people right now, if you feel something weird, you're going to probably think that it's that. But there's not like a bunch of tests out there. The problem is, is that most people, honestly, we're, most people as a general, like as a people in general, we're stupid. I mean, we got to be honest, like we get told not to do something. And then what does everyone to do? Everyone want to do go do it. <laughs> people say don't leave your house or don't go to this place or don't go and then people do if everybody just kind of was a little bit better washed their hands a little bit stayed at home wasn't going to these big places where you could spread it then there really wouldn't be an issue but i mean do you trust that wherever you go someone and everybody there has done that cuz i don't it's not it's not what you do and what i do it's the people that are around you that's what That's what's scary to me exactly and it, even the things
2: that that they should be doing, that they're not doing, that most people don't even know about. For example, I was talking to a physician who made it really clear, like, look, you know, the hand-washing thing, absolute, that's something you should have been doing anyways, right? And, uh, you know, maybe washing your face a little bit more than normal, that's something that you should implement if you're not doing that. Most people, it's maybe when they wake up before they go to bed, right? Uh, the suggestion was multiple times a day. But what really should be done, according to this physician, and I buy into it a hundred percent, is when you go somewhere where there's any, you know, volume of people. It doesn't have to be a ball game. It could even be the grocery store, or the mall. You know, anywhere where there's crowds. It could be to the O T B. Disneyland
1: right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Any, anywhere where there's a lot of people. When you when right when you get home, when you get to when you, when you're in the garage before you open that door to get inside your house, take off your clothes. And put it straight into the washing washing machine, wash it on hot. The reason for that is because your clothes are gonna collect everything that your face and hands don't. Yep. Right? So, uh, am I trusting that the general public's all doing that? Heck no. No. So, uh, yeah, and and so that kind of coincides with what you're saying. I'm in total agreement with what you're saying. It's about what others do or don't do. And because of that, you know, I'm kind of conflicted because I'm personally, not that worried about it I think most people that are healthy and not seniors probably shouldn't be worried about it now if you have a pre-existing issue, if you're a senior if you have compromised uh, immune system, then I think you are in kind of a danger zone but most people that get it that are healthy are able to power through it and beat it you know what I mean it, yeah. it's not like you the- know it's you know most people that are dying are you know, in that other category, seniors, compromised immune system, etc. In fact, I, I, I unless things have changed in the last 24 hours, which things are quickly changing. Last I heard, there was not a single death for anybody under the age of nine, any children from zero to nine. There's not been a single death up until this point. I think very few under 20. Yeah,
1: very I don't minimal. think so. The, the what, what scared me a little bit, because I kind of like, you know, and then we're we're recording this on Thursday, like the entire world changed on Wednesday within like a few hours. You know, I mean, all the everything was still being played. There were there were no like full cancellations of everything. There were I think one or two places that said they might not have uh, fans there, but everything was still going on. And then instantly, everything shut down. And what so the one that scared me was Rudy Gobert. That's a young, healthy guy. That's not someone who from what we've been reading should be getting coronavirus or even like have it, you know, be like seriously impacting him. Um, Athlete stud, look at the guy. He's in great physical shape. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you because I'm, I'm not thinking that necessarily it gets me or maybe you, but what's, what's scary is like, if you don't, if we have it, we don't know we have it, you go somewhere, then it's like, What about my dad who's like now 60 And he's not doing great, he's had like a rough year You know what I mean, like, those are the things that are like I'm not, I don't think people are Quite realizing You know, what what they could do It's not, like, it's not you You individually, you're gonna wash your hands You're gonna do that, like, just I'd rather be a little bit more cautious Than not, because if it's A little bit more cautious, it's Right, you and I are the biggest sports fans In the world, does it suck that next week on thursday and friday my two favorite days of the entire year where i would sit down at nine in the morning and get a bunch of mimosas and just watch the tournament games all day long i loved it am i fear like upset absolutely is it a bummer for for college teams that have worked forever to get to this point you make the tournament you don't get to play i mean unbelievable what about for the people that make money working in the arenas, you know, they're going to be in some big trouble absolutely. But is all of that worth it in the grand scheme of things if we're just trying to be a little more cautious to make sure something doesn't happen what like what's happened in Italy? I th- I think so. I'd rather do this than than what would be the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Yes. I agree. And this is coming
2: from somebody that's that's not that fearful of it, that thinks that there is a little bit, there is a case of it, things being overblown, uh, you know, out of proportion a little bit. Even with that said, if the White House came out and said that we are going to impose a self-quarantine period for the next two weeks, you have 24 hours to stock up on bottled waters, canned foods, and toilet paper, I wouldn't resist. I wouldn't resist it. I would actually be okay with it. Yeah. Because to me, I'd rather sacrifice a couple of weeks than have this discussion continue on through June and July. You got to nip this in
1: the bud right now.
2: Nip this right now. You know, so I would have no problem with it personally. I'm somebody that's not that fearful of it, but like you said, but we can control what others do. So I would say right now, all these leagues, I think sports have always been trendsetters. Society has always looked at sports for whatever reason to set trends, whether it be on race relations or other things that are extremely serious. And on this one, I think as well, because now it seems like a lot of people are following the lead of these pro sports leagues, you know, and and I think we're going to see that more and more. I bet you by the time we speak next week. There's going to be a, you know a billion more press releases and announcements and breaking news about this or that. We're seeing it you know with the schools, um, more and more schools are now starting to shut down and, and that type of thing. So you know, it' it'll be it'll just be interesting to see if there's something immediate where you just grab it by the horns take it down and say we're gonna sacrifice a couple of weeks. It's really gonna hurt our, uh, you know our economy it's gonna really hurt some households that live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. those are the ones that I really really feel terrible for
1: you know I mean can't not work you know I mean and the only thing I've heard about anything like this is Mark Cuban who' who said he's he's gonna do something for those people. For the people who work for either the team or the, the arena or who are just going to be losing out on, on on their money, you know, and, and it's, there's just no good, there's no resolution that is going to appease everyone and everything, right? There's none. Like, so when it comes down to things that are this serious and and it it sounds like, you know, hyperbolic when you say, well, it's a life or death issue, but it really is. Right, We haven't had like this, this overwhelming amount of deaths, but that, that's the problem, is that if people continue to get sick, the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed, the rooms are going to be full, they're going to be k- giving it to the, the workers of the hospitals who are then going to be spreading it all around. That's how things get out of hand. That's how it got out of hand in Italy, because they weren't ready for it. If you're able to kind of weather the storm a little bit, build up some, you know, we can just get more information, we can study this a little bit more for another week, two, three... I'm not worried in the long term as long as we're able to do these kind of things right now. And so it just it really sucks, plain and simple, because of the time of the year as it is. Right. Like this would have never been good. But if this was like in the middle of July or something, when it's just baseball, you know, it's not it wouldn't have felt like that big a deal. But we literally just canceled the NBA, the NHL, March Madness completely, all college sports. Like all of these things, you know, which are going right now, I mean, it was one of the worst times of the year for something like this to happen as far as who it's going to affect in the world of sports. And, you know, we're mainly a sports show here, but as you mentioned, this is so much more than sports and that's what we have to all remember. This isn't just about missing a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game or whatever this is. This is something that's that's scary. I mean in my lifetime, they've never done they've never closed down sporting leagues like this. They've never done anything even remote like remote like this. So this isn't like, oh well, you know, they're everyone's getting out of hand again. Remember they closed down all the basketball leagues, you know, last year when this happened. This isn't this is unprecedented.
2: Yeah, I mean the closest thing there've been some, you know, games canceled because, you know, wildfires Or maybe a tornado hurricane situation, the Saints, 9 11, there were some cancellations and postponements, or more postponements, I think, than the cancellations. But uh, this is unprecedented, especially because it doesn't have any kind of like ending date. (laughs) You know, it's not like, okay, this is in two weeks, it'll be good. It just kind of, you know, there's, it's hard to wrap your head around something that doesn't have a, Uh, you know, a beginning date and an ending date. When are we going to start? We don't know. When, what are we going to do when we do get started again? I don't know, right? Uh, You know, when are we going to have another spring training for guys to get their rhythm back? I don't know, right? I think that's kind of the difficulty of it all. Gino, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll actually pick up on, uh, on the baseball component of this with our first guest, who is going to be Zach Buchanan from The Athletics. Stay with us. We will be right back.
1: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: For outside the huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: Want to
1: experience football from the perspective of a former
3: player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America
1: Variety Channel.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: back here on the Mike Abadir show and we have our first guest on the line. Mike, why don't you introduce him? Yeah, we've
2: got with us and this is a kind of a perfect timing because he's in the heart of spring training and the cactus league in Arizona covers the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm talking about Zach Buchanan. He's been on with us before he is with the athletic major league baseball, the athletic Arizona and uh, Zach, let's uh, let's just get it going. You're on with Mike and Gino. First of all, I haven't seen the numbers but I haven't sensed that there's been any kind of drop off attendance wise at the Cactus League. Is that correct and what is kind of the sentiment just in the, you know, Scottsdale Phoenix area overall with uh, all this uh, kind of evolving status, this fluid status of the coronavirus?
3: Uh, yes, obviously until today. Uh Today's games out here were rained out, and of course there are going to be no games going forward at all. Um, but until today, I mean, it, it seemed very normal. The, the stadiums were packed. Um, There's a lot of hustle and bustle about Phoenix, as there is every spring. Uh About the only difference would be when you go to the store to try and buy Purell, they are all out of it. Um, but I, it hasn't seemed like the, the stadiums have been any less filled or that people have shown any concern. Um, but obviously that, that changes now. I mean, the the, the world order has changed and uh, uh, we're not going to be seeing anybody out there at all for a little bit.
2: Has that been kind of been the same, uh, you know, your colleagues over in the Grapefruit League, has it kind of been the same, you know, sold, sold out games and not a great grape concern over in Florida either up until now?
3: I think so. Uh, I mean, both Arizona and Florida, as far as I'm aware, haven't had a ton of confirmed cases. So far, um, and that's not a, 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 that metric isn't gospel just because there haven't been hasn't been enough testing available, so we don't know how many cases are really out there. Um, but the epicenters of this have been like in New York and the Pacific Northwest, in the Bay Area, um, places that are not really being touched by this so far, uh, or not places that baseball teams are not. Um, and but, but I think the expectation was that the way it's spreading now, that um, it's it's any minute. And it's going to get down to the Grapefruit League or to the Cactus League if it hasn't been already. And keeping to the pack, these people in the stadiums is just asking for trouble. Now,
2: Gino and I could probably pepper you with a million questions. So uh, let's let's just start from from the basics, which are what is the Major League Baseball's position going into, uh, you know, today moving forward? And what do you kind of project is going to happen? Looking into your crystal ball, and I'm kind of asking more specifically about okay, if you have certain sites like Seattle, which are maybe more restrictive, do you play these games in neutral sites? Uh, but let's just start at the top with what's what's a Major League Baseball's position.
3: Well, I mean the the status quo right now is that the rest of spring training is cancelled. no more games, and they're going they're at least delaying the start of re- the regular season by two weeks, which will be april ninth um and i I don't think anybody has a good idea of how long this is going to last, so uh we might get to April ninth and it's it still coronavirus is still raging all over the country, and we are delaying it further um but I would suspect that until this is kind of cleared up countrywide that they will delay the season. Um, and it's anybody's guess as to what happens after that. Uh, I'm sure they'll have kind of an abbreviated second spring training for players, um, to kind of ramp up for the regular season. And, uh, the Diamondbacks president, CEO Derek Hall today said that the, whenever they are cleared to, to resume games, they will just pick up wherever they would, they would have normally been on the schedule rather than try and tackle the logistical nightmare of pushing the entire schedule back. And rebooking stadiums and travel and hotels for teams and working around other commitments these stadiums have. I mean that that would just be impossible. So they will they will pick up wherever the they are on the schedule, and then depending on how many games they've missed, they might try and pack those games onto the end, and maybe delay the postseason a little bit. And then you start thinking about kind of separate sites, neutral sites for maybe the playoffs. If it gets too cold, maybe you're playing those games in domed stadiums, uh, wherever those exist to uh, avoid the weather being too much of a factor. So are the
2: players going home? I mean, is that what are the teams doing right now?
3: Right now, the players are are not going home uh, for most teams, at least in the cactus league. Um, The Diamondbacks are having their players still come into the facility and work out here. Uh, That could change tomorrow. As far as we know, um, but their position is that, you know, they, they can control the sanitization of their facility and their clubhouse and their uh, weight room. If they send the players home, um, there's no guarantee those guys won't go to LA Fitness or something and work out where it might be less sanitary. Not to throw shade on LA Fitness or anything, but they're just more <laughs> variables that you can't control. Out in the world, um, so right now they're they're having normal practices, basically like the very beginning of spring training again before games began. Um, and but the the big wrench that could be thrown in the works is, and it's inevitable, is that a baseball player is going to test positive for the coronavirus, and what happens then? Um, how do you? backtrack and figure out how many people came in touch with that baseball player. How many of those players then go into two week quarantine until they can figure out whether they're showing symptoms or not, how widely available will testing be by that point? Um, I would not expect this to remain the status quo, but for right now, they're still having guys come and work out and trying to keep their arms loose and, and still like they're preparing for the season.
1: So, Uh, Honest question with, with this, with the Astros stuff before this, when's the last time you've actually talked about something to do with baseball?
3: (laughs) Uh, three days ago when I spoke to Carson (laughs) Kelly about his hitting September. Uh, and then no one, no one's going to want to actually talk about baseball. Um, for a good while now. Um, I can't imagine running out like a generic player profile tomorrow about what this person is going to do in the season, upcoming season when we don't know know when that's even going to start. So um, that's
2: actually an interesting point though,
3: Zach, because
2: I'm sorry to interrupt. That's an interesting point though, because there is going to be kind of an appetite for something, especially as more people are staying home. You know, I've already gotten kind of a, you know, a lot of, text sent my way, you know, just, just being an NFL agent and everything where people are like, Hey, NFL is lucky that they don't have to deal with this for uh, six more months. But on the flip side, you know, I think people are bummed because they don't get a chance to watch March Madness or see opening day. Is there a chance maybe that they could play split squad games and kind of stream them online or, or something because, Hey, we're a very sports crazed society. We, you know, we you know, you know what are we gonna watch? Because I, Gina was just saying, you know, there's probably gonna be more Netflix being watched, but you can only deal with so much CNN and Fox News and breaking news and and all this stuff. You kind of want to let loose a little bit.
3: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that there are ways to do that. Um, I mean, a big question here is what happens to the MLB drafts. I mean, all the college, most college conferences have canceled their spring sports seasons. Um, how how are scouts, scouts are coming off the road? How are teams going to decide who they're drafting in June? Even if play resumes in Major League Baseball by May, um, it's it's going to be weird. Uh, I mean, maybe they could do split squad stuff. I don't know. You, then you run into this issue of, like, how do you compensate the players for that? You know, uh, right now in spring training, they're not getting paid. They get meal money. How are they going to get paid when this, this supposedly the regular season would have begun? There are a ton of issues to iron out here. So does that mean that they're going to prorate the this.
2: contracts? Uh, I'm sorry. So does sorry, that mean they're going to prorate again? the contracts? I'm sorry. I was going to ask, does that mean they're going to prorate the contracts? So let's just say you don't play 162 and you could only squeeze in 148. Would they prorate them or are they going to get their guaranteed contracts regardless?
3: I have no idea. Um, the the Rob Manfred and the union chief, Tony Clark, are supposed to meet tomorrow while they were iron out some of this stuff. I am sure the players want to be paid their full contracts. Um, If it is a short delay, I don't think that will be an issue. If they miss two weeks of the season, it's pretty easy to make up basically one paycheck for these players. That's not going to hurt franchises too much. Um, If they miss three months of the season, it's a much stickier issue. Uh, I'm sure the baseball teams do not want to be paying... Guys, you know, look at a guy like Manny Machado making $30 million a year. Do they want to just hand him a check for $15 million when there have been no games and no revenue? Um, that's going to be a much stickier issue. I know everybody hopes it doesn't get to that point, but there's no precedent for a, a delay that long. Um, the closest we can look at is when they delayed games a week after nine eleven, Uh And so they, they've got kind of a roadmap there to follow for a short delay, but if it extends all the way through April and into May, who knows what it's going to look like.
1: So it's got to be a little bit, I mean, even obviously nobody likes what's happening right now, but there was a lot of positivity about the Arizona this year, a team that kind of overachieved a little bit last year, especially early in the year. And it seems like they could have been, or they hopefully could be one of the most improved teams in the national league. So let's ask you a couple baseball questions uh, here. Like overall, what what's the feeling with this this squad heading into the season hopefully we get to have a season uh they were feeling pretty good they won
3: 85 games a year ago when no one really expected them to win 85 games and they didn't really lose anybody in free agency that was important i mean they traded away Zach that at midseason, mid but at the same on the celebration day they brought in Zach gallon who's been really terrific it might be their best pitcher this season um and so they went out and they just added. They added Madison Bumgarner. They added Starling Marte. They added Cole Calhoun. They, by any measure on paper, got better. So I think they, they believe they can compete for a wild card spot. Um, competing for the division against the Dodgers is probably out of the question, just considering what, the jug, what a juggernaut the Dodgers are. But I think there's a lot of optimism around the Diamondbacks this year compared to a year ago. That's,
2: uh, you know one of the things I think that fan bases are gonna, you know, kinda come back to, which is the same thing like with these college basketball teams. I mean, that's the thing that I feel bad for. Obviously there's much greater issues in life, right? The stadium employees and things of that nature. But, you know, the the, the college basketball team that it's been the first time in fifty years that they won their conference and they're not gonna get a chance to even play that type of thing. But fan base is not having a chance to see, you know, the the rookies uh, or the teams to kind of live, live up to their expectations or exceed their expectations and that type of thing. Uh, just uh, a question for you. Baseball's been so traditional, but this is an untraditional scenario. Is there any chance that maybe – if you're going to mess up the format anyways and you're not going to be able to have stats for a full season, let's just say that this kind of drags out for a couple of months. Is there any chance you start maybe looking at, you know, tournaments and getting really, really creative to where it's something completely different? Or is that just too far off the path for for, for baseball and how conservative they typically tend to be when it comes to their decisions?
3: I, I think it'd be pretty... Difficult to to go that route um, because I mean you already you, there's so many variables involved here, so many stakeholders. You've got your TV rights holders that, uh, and all the local markets that they're paying for to broadcast a certain amount of games locally every year. You've got the national rights holders who are paying to broadcast the World Series. I don't think you can shake it up without their say so. You can't shake it up without the the union and Major League Baseball agreeing on the terms of doing this. Um so I, I just think the most likely scenario is either we get a truncated season like they had uh in strike years, um uh or you uh you cut kind of a delayed season where they you know, whatever games you skip at the beginning they tack on to the end and then delay the postseason a little further. Um I think that's just the most straightforward way to do it. If I had to guess, I think we're looking just at a shorter season um than we would have a year ago, which, you know, may make the playoff chase a little more interesting. But uh, I don't think, I mean, as, as fun as it is to, to kind of dream up new ways of, of doing baseball and, and uh, kind of formatting the season and the postseason, there are just too many uh, kind of lines of red tape to, to get through to do that kind of thing that it becomes almost impossible.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only reason my mind was even entertaining that was because I was, I was kind of playing it out and I'm like, let's just say this carries out until like June. So now you're going to have teams – obviously, you can't start from the beginning of the schedule. You can't have, you know, whatever, St. Louis and the Cubs at the beginning of the year because you have, you know, schedules already mapped out way ahead of time. So let's just say the season starts in June. Are you telling me that we're going to get start with uh, interleague play and with the unbalanced schedule? So now, you know, if you start at that point, does that mean that, you know, the certain team misses out on – you know, half of the 19 games with the Yankees and another team gets all 19, you know what I mean? So it could get really, really funky when you start looking at the possibilities. Obviously, this is all speculative, and I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but as a league, I think they have to probably be thinking about those types of things and how to kind of make it equitable.
3: Sure, absolutely you do. I mean, I don't know if they would consider doing this because it'd again be, you know, you you have someone that is the rights holder for the All-Star game but you could get rid of the all-star break and try and squeeze double headers onto the schedule as often as you can and, uh, kind of rework places to to add in those games that you've missed. Um, it it would be a huge, huge headache. Um, and teams just might have to accept that, you know, if, if you're the Phillies and you're losing 10 games against the Marlins, well, you know, too bad. Uh, you're going to have a little bit of a tougher season than you would have otherwise. Um, and it's just that, you know, this is going to affect everybody, and it's not going to affect everybody equally, and it's unfortunate. But at some point, if you if you try so hard to make everything equal and reverse engineer it, that it's going to make it far more complicated than it's worth. I mean, if you're adding in extra games in, in, into off days and stuff, then players are going to get more tired, even in a shortened season. Uh, you, you may have to change the roster rules now so you can carry a few extra players uh, it's just going to be a mess uh, it might just be simple simpler to just say okay we're cutting it off if we miss those games we miss those games but that makes your season a little harder well too bad there's always next year
2: good stuff zach i know we uh came at you with a lot of hypotheticals and and kind of uh b- bizarre questions but this is a you know, unprecedented, and uh, you're off the hot seat, my friend. Definitely appreciate you making time on a very busy day of breaking news to join us on today's show.
3: Thanks, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Thanks, and good luck. Stay, uh, stay healthy and and safe. And uh, I know you got some family stuff going on. I hope it all works out well. Thanks for joining us. We'll yeah. check in with you uh, hopefully when there's some baseball. Yeah, sounds good. All right. That's Zach Buchanan, the Athletic Major League Baseball, covers the Diamondbacks, Athletic Arizona. Let's take a commercial break. We will come back and resume this coronavirus edition of the Mike Abadir Show. Stay with us.
0: Variety Channel. Next week, the Spring Equinox kicks off the first day of spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. And the Revolution with Jim and Trav is all about the hunting and fishing opportunities that come with the green up. Joining the boys is Carter Andrews of the Obsession of Carter Andrews, Lee Lakoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany, and our very own Incredible Mrs. Bunny. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mike at the
1: show.com Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show final segment on this. I mean, th- these few days are days I'm never going to forget. Um, it's really weird. I imagine I figured that we would spend most of the show talking about horse racing because of what happened earlier on in the week and I, I, I released a podcast where I talked with Andrew Champagne and John Stettin, uh about it for a while on on that's what G said but I mean this is um it's unbelievable what what's gone on to kind of just you know shift your focus away from everything that has happened I'm before we get into anything else, kind of want to get some of your thoughts on everything that went down. Um, if anybody out there did not hear, didn't find out on Monday, it came through that there were going to be 27 people uh, that were arrested on Monday morning. They were all indicted in unbelievable uh, criminal charges, drugging horses, doping horses, uh, conspiracy, cover up all sorts of uh, different drug um, uh, issues. I mean, it it it's bad, and and we we don't pretend that horse racing is a completely clean sport. I don't think anybody would be all that surprised if we said, oh yeah, there are some trainers that are using stuff to make their horses run better, and you know their numbers get their percentages go up. But it, it is pretty eye opening when whenever you see all of the the stuff like written out right in front of you. You, you see the conversations, the transcripts about what these people actually said themselves. Um, and that's when it's kind of like, wow, this, this was pretty bad. Kind of
2: a common theme, right? Amongst a lot of these sports, you know, cheating. It no, it is. Cheating. I mean, it's... And, uh, rubbing,
1: and being cocky about it. That's the worst part, right? Like feeling like you're rubbing our faces right in it while you're stealing our money or just cheating us completely. You know what's funny
2: is do you remember that video that was uh, yeah the Juice Man uh, yeah the Juice Man on just a cell phone video or whatever and uh, w- when I when I watched that I, I was like okay obviously Navarro is kind of like you know giving his finger to the world sure but I didn't at all I didn't at all take that as he's a hundred a thousand percent a cheater you know, we're not juicing and and that's why I'm so proud of what we're doing. And the hell with everybody if they want to make their assumptions. I wasn't at all like viewing it like that. I was like, this son of a gun knows what he's doing. And he just doesn't care. And just doesn't care. And so I guess in that regard, what I will say is I, I do kind of find it ironic that uh, there's a lot of people who will, let's just say, bet on Monmouth or some of these East Coast tracks where service has his horses. And that there's all this speculation about those guys, but then complain after something like this comes out. I guess kind of where I'm going with that is whenever I bet a race that involves, let's just say, Navarro, I know going into it that I'm betting on a race that's compromised by cheating. Yeah. And so I start handicapping it a little bit differently. I'm like, okay, no. I want my money to be on the cheater, right?
1: Uh, it's, it's okay, like, I'm it's like one of two Navarro's horse. It's pretty safe. Single. Yeah, it's like one of two things. You're either like looking at it and not even really looking at what these horses have done when you're handicapping, just like assuming they're going to improve and win. And so it's either I have to use this horse plain and simple, or I'm just going to try to beat this horse because they're going to get so overbet, which hurts you more times than not because they win a lot. But but with, with someone like Navarro and service at Monmouth Park, and I saw something that said they didn't, which is crazy. Two claiming barns, right? Big claiming barns who claim a lot of horses. They're not like they have bigger stock now, but they've not necessarily been like, you know, barns that have the Chad Brown, Todd Pletcher, Bob Baffert stock. Right? They they're they're claiming barns that that get some good horses. And they didn't claim off each other one time since 2012. So like if that right there alone should have told you something that these guys were talking to each other there was something weird and give, give the listeners two- a typical give the listeners a, a typical indication as to high
2: claiming barns in a you know medium to larger circuit what should that number be if it's oh. 0 what should it be 10 oh my, 50, mean, 20 a year you have what, to what's think it like to
1: be, with with those two there would i mean by accident there would be like 25 a year Twenty-five a year. Okay. I mean, but with with the size of their barns, with as many horses as they claim, with as many horses as they run, the fact that they're at the, the almost all the same tracks, you know, from from Monmouth to Gulfstream Park, uh, where bo- the bulk of their horses run, you're telling me that they weren't looking at some of each other's horse. Like, so that's why right off the bat, anyone would look at another horse. Oh, I'm going to claim that horse. That horse is in here. We'll take a shot. You know, blah blah blah. You're you're not claiming them because you know they're pumped up. I mean, it's there are so many layers to this story too. Mike, which and obviously just,
2: they use some of the same vendors. Let's just sure, call them. yeah, yeah. So uh, they're they're in the know on on one another. So you know, obviously, we I quickly spoke about the the better's perspective. You know that I do find some irony irony in it, but I think the ones that you really got to feel for are the guys that are maybe picking up horses off off these guys who are running them clean. And then they come to find that they didn't get what they thought they were getting.
1: You claim them off of them, and then the horse goes down. Uh, Some some of these horses never. They you know, it's like anything. You don't know how any person or. Any I mean I'll tell you right now I was in the hospital when I had chemotherapy you know and I was doing when I had cancer with the chemo and they're trying to find out what drugs work for you and one of the hardest parts right right after is when you're going through the chemo and all that stuff is they have to find a cocktail that works for you you are literally like a guinea pig where they try different drugs on you to see how you respond and then you got to just like check them off the list like Oh, don't like that drug. I got I'm like allergic to that drug. I didn't even know. What that's that's when I realized how crazy and everybody responds differently to a drug. And horses are the same exact way. You don't know when you shoot them up with something how they're going to respond. Some of them are great. They're fine. They come back a few days. It's no big deal. Others die. Others don't make it. Others run, like, they're too hard to handle. I mean, it's unsafe for the jockeys that are on these horses. That was another thing, like, how far to, down does this go? You're telling me some of these jockeys who sit on a horse and sat on the horse before Navarro got or whoever got it, and now they sit on him afterwards, they can't tell a difference? Great point. I mean, they go to ask, the, they, they've, they've gone all in and lost with this horse before, and then the next time when they start whipping or they're, they're asking the horse for everything and this horse just re-breaks... You know the, the, those are the ones that piss the betters off and I mean I I gotta be I'm a scorned upset customer I really am this is I can't tell you how much money people have probably lost because of them you know and it's it, it you mentioned we see it in a lot of sports the the thing that made that reminded me a lot of the Astros was the the cockiness of it you know of that video or anytime we heard service talking about well I mean I'm just a good horseman. I'm just a really good horseman, you know. And that's what people would say. And it's like, we're not stupid. We know as betters more than anybody else. We're we are smarter than anybody else as betters as to what's going on when the lines move, when this and that. We know. And for anyone to act like they this is a, like I said, for anyone to act like this is a massive surprise is crazy. For you to be sh- a little bit shocked at the the lengths. That, that some of these folks have gone to To cover it up The amount of cheating I mean they said on some of them Every single horse that I've had Is, is getting pumped with stuff You know We're talking about maximum security Who crossed the wire first I mean what a Talk about a crazy career for a horse Huh Mike? Yeah, you're no a 16 me. claimer You move up the ranks You cross the wire first in the derby You're DQ'd You go to Saudi Arabia When the richest race that the world has ever had and then a few days later, we find out that it might have all been bullshit. <laughs> we we just—we don't even know. We don't. And
2: uh, I, I, if I read it correctly, I believe he is in Bafford's barn now. Yep. it would be kind of interesting to see when this horse levels off. Where does he end up? Uh, you know, what kind of horse is he?
1: I mean, you I would—I would. I if I were Bafford, I don't. Why would you run him?
2: I wouldn't either. This horse might not be a grade one horse, might not even be a graded stakes horse for all we know, might be what he was initially, which is a claiming level horse.
1: I mean, which is really funny. Like we were literally all watching this happen going, how is this claimer competing? It was like the biggest middle finger right to all of our faces, (laughs) like right in front of us while we're watching it going, man, these courses that are like. You know, in the claiming ranks that I have issues or they're not that good, they generally, you know, you can maybe win one big race here and there or step up and like steal a race if there's no speed. But wow, I mean, the Saudi Arabia race, I don't know if I've ever seen a horse who was under a drive for that long. And I feel so stupid because if you follow me on twitter i've never been a maximum security fan like i've always thought there was something weird about this situation like this horse has got to come back to life at some point right he's running over his head and then on on the after the saudi arabia race i tweeted man I, maximum security has impressed me so much he looked like he was done and he just kept finding more and like what a true racehorse i mean that's that's <laughs> unbelievable you know like it's just like wow I, I he even got me to finally come around and then who knows they were just it was just crap and then days along. later
2: you get to find out that your initial instincts were the right instincts yeah i mean yeah this this whole thing is uh it's it's troubling, and I think you kind of nailed the main reasons, which are a their attitude about it, and b you know the uh, the extreme measures that they took to be able to kind of conspire amongst so many in you know in, industry type people, and and to do this and to keep it under the wraps for a long time. What I will say, the reason that I was kind of so sure that. You know, I was uh, wagering on the on the druggie side of things, which is the winning side of things is really because of the percentages. You know, I'm of the mindset that if, if you're at a, you know, these to classify them as A, B or C tracks or whatever, however way you want to describe it, a medium to a large circuit and you're hitting in, uh, you know, the high 20s or in the 30s, you know, outside of maybe. You know, somebody that uh, dominates maybe a Finger Lakes or something. Yeah, the small tracks. You're track not going to be able to get that. Yeah. Just you can do that at have... small
1: tracks. It's yeah. because you can you can like and you know we see people like Broberg like claim horses and then drop them or he gets real aggressive with horses and stuff like that. It's like you you can you can hit it high percentages at small tracks and then when he goes to Oaklawn and Fairgrounds he doesn't hit it that big of a percentage. Sure. It just it that's what happens. So it's man, it, it's. It's, it's, uh, it's hurt. It's sad. And it's it's hurtful to know that um, this has been going on for a long time. It's been going on even more than a lot of us thought. Right under our nose, the racetracks either didn't know or didn't care. And either one of those is scary. <laughs> like, you know, whether you don't know or you don't care, or you're like, wow we didn't realize this was happening. It's like, I know even if you don't test positive for anything, you have to understand what the perception of these people were like. And, of course, and of we course. only and have a couple minutes part. left.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the worst part about this whole thing is, is uh, what does this mean for the industry? You know, major league baseball can, uh, you know, they can weather the storm of losing faith of a few fans. Sure. You know, at the end of the day, most people that love baseball are going to be back on board and, you know, um, and most Astros fans probably are like, well, at least we got a World Series out of it. Yeah. But in horse racing, they've had so many black eyes, most of them self-inflicted. And uh, you got to wonder how much can they weather? How much can they be able to power through? And uh, that's kind of the sad and disappointing thing about this. I and think this at is- the end of the day, you know, to, to say that they'll come out of this OK is uh, is very hopeful. Something has to change and it has to change really, really fast and it has to be monumental. I just don't see anybody stepping up to do that because there's just no there's no unity amongst the industry. Yeah, there's no leadership. There's no leadership at all. So
1: my my final uh, thought thought on this topic. Yeah, yeah. my final thought on this is is we have like a minute left to go is you, you you hit the nail on the head. I don't think horse racing has a very big Margin of error anymore And and that's what scares me about these tracks That are staying open right now Even not letting fans in to run Because what if a horse that ships in From California to Oaklawn Park for the Rebel Comes in with their groom and their valet And uh, you know the assistant trainer And one of them has it And gives it to a, someone on the backside at Oaklawn And then they give it to someone And that person goes to Remington Park And then boom, you're done like, yeah, big I just problem. don't think The racing can survive another huge black eye while the rest of the world has, you know, packed up and said, we're not going to we're not we're going to you know, cancel everything. I don't know what racing has to gain or if there's enough to gain by trying to go on right now. So we'll we'll see
2: if the same time next week, if they are, are still running. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we've got for this week's show. Thank you for listening. As always. We will see you same time, same place next week.